Good morning, everybody. It is Sunday in a brand new world. This is every day. I say the same thing. This is crazy. Crazy. Um, there is some goofy stuff going on, man. We have... It's weird. We have, like, these people that are following the guidelines, quarantining themselves, you know, social distancing, flattening the curve, all this stuff that people talk about. And then we have this group of people that are out in line on a Saturday night for St. Patty's Day celebrations. I do not get it. Um, we have, uh, we've had, um, you know, like, it's this weird thing where I feel like the people in the middle, as far as generations are concerned, and it's not just Gen X, but I feel like there's the people in the middle that are taking this seriously. And then there's the young people who are like, I can't get it. What the hell? You know, and, but which they can, because I've read articles about, you know, 30 year old doctors dying after being exposed to this. Um, and then they have, <clears throat> we have the older crowd who, you know, is, uh, kind of just disregarding it. I mean, they had, they had a story on the news about this uh, senior community in Florida. I mean, they're still playing uh, dominoes together and stuff and until they had to shut it down. And uh, that's the thing. That's my hashtag, man. Hashtag shut it down. You know, if we shut everything down and people have no place to go, then it's people are going to have to stay home. And uh, that's about it. And if you look at the numbers, there is a there's a graphic that I'll I'll post on my page that shows where Italy was two weeks ago, day by day, as far as how many cases they have, and then there's a graphic that shows where we are uh, comparatively, and we are actually ahead of them. We have we have more cases than they do based on uh, the days into it. It's a scary situation, scary situation. Uh, and I hope that everybody here is taking the appropriate caution. Uh, let's see what's going on. Um, yeah, amen and amen. Health is a priority. 100% agree. Uh, indeed, absolutely agree. Ka -da 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 -da. There we go. Hi, Kathy, if you are here. Yes, you are. There you go. Uh, Wendy, good morning. Been a while since you've made a live talk. Hey, Good to have you back. Appreciate it. I have a feeling we might have more people on these talks, given that we don't have a whole lot to do. Um, Kathy says, our medical here, I'm going to post you into the broadcast. Kathy says, our medical workers are working around the clock and very hard and long hours for all of us. We should be asking and thinking how we can take responsibility to help the situation and be part of the solution instead of part of the problem. That is the exact thing that we should all be thinking. Kathy, good good point. Um, and Kathy, I actually, you posted something I saw earlier. I'm going to try to go back and get it. Hold on a minute, guys. Um, it was, okay, so I don't have to read it verbatim, but the basic premise is this, um, that if, you know, we ran out of stuff in the grocery stores, TP. We're going to have the cleanest butts in all of the world. Um, we ran out of all the stuff because everybody rushed to the grocery stores all at once. Imagine what that's going to be like when we all start rushing to the hospitals all at once. People in Italy are literally making life and death decisions. Hospital personnel making life and death decisions. This person is 65 years old, has no kids in the home. This person is 40 years old, has three kids at home. Uh, we're going to work on the 40-year-old and the 65-year-old is just going to have to survive on their own, probably die. 
Those are the decisions being made. We have one ventilator and two people or one ventilator and five people. You know, so the decisions have to be made. They're triaging it as they can and trying to make quality value decisions based on who they're looking at at the time. That's scary. That is going to happen here if we don't slow this stuff down. So everybody that says, you know, uh, you know, it doesn't matter to me. It's just the flu. But it's, it's crap. And I'm turning into a zealot about this uh, because I'm tired of seeing it. There is a meme that's posted um, that has like a, a fake screenshot of CNN news and they're, they're trying to make it political. You know, uh, you know, 1200 cases and so many deaths. Uh, Trump is president, mass hysteria. And then they say, you know, uh, H1N1, uh, 60 million cases, 12,000 deaths. Obama president, nobody cares. That's not the point. Number one, the math there is not even taken into account. The math is that the death rate for this is estimated at two and three percent. In Italy, it's six to eight percent. The death rate for this, or for I'm sorry, for H1N1 was 0.02 or better. That's a significant difference. At a three percent death rate for every hundred people you know, three are gonna die. That is terrible. That's terrible. So however many friends you have on Facebook, I think I have 450 friends on Facebook, right? 450 friends. That means 10 to 15 of them are going to die if that death rate holds. That's crazy. That's crazy. Minnesota just closed school through the 27th. Yeah, we're Pennsylvania's closed. Well, my school district is closed through April 14th, and I have a feeling it's going to go on from that. My kids may never be back at school this year. That's what I'm anticipating. Um, Pamela says, thank you for the comment. Here, I'm going to put you on here. Um, thank you for the comment. I myself, most of the day Friday, working with a vendor to bring his test on site for our patients. Nursing home patients. Good for you, Pamela. Thank you. And I know you're in the medical community. You're not going to have any time off. In fact, you are probably going to be going crazy. I appreciate the work that you're doing. And I think all of us need to listen to medical personnel. The few doctors that I'm friends with or related to, all of them are scared shitless. They are scared. They are anxious. They know what is coming and they're doing their best to prepare, sometimes with very little support. They know what's going to happen, and they themselves are putting themselves at risk to catching this. And as they do become infected and start falling away, our capacity to take care of people is going to get smaller. We need to do what we can to protect them. That means not getting infected ourselves. And I mean, you know, it's funny because I, I had this random thought the other day, like people talk about how much doctors get paid and overcharging and, and whatever. All right. So now, now, you know, here's where they earn their money. Right. So these are the people that um, are are they're not cashing in at this point. They're not going to get paid, you know, absorbent amounts of money right now to put their lives on the line um, for all of us. And so I think that needs to be taken into consideration. Um, you know, these are our friends, our family also, and they are going to be out there doing things that we probably wouldn't do uh, for ourselves or for other people. So, uh, you know, these people are going to put in a lot of hours putting their lives at risk. We need to take that into consideration. And so that's that, you know, one of the, you know, a couple of the things I put on here, the topic of this video is empathy and entitlement. And I think they're on opposite ends of the spectrum in this conversation. Um, you know, empathy, you know, 
there's a lot of people, you know, if we have empathy, we're, we're taking into consideration what other people are going to be going through. Uh, we're taking into consideration that we don't want to spread this, even if I have a low risk. If my kids have a low risk, we don't want to spread it to other people. We don't want to, we don't want, I don't want to walk around and infect somebody that ends up dying because whether I'm aware of it or not, their soul is on me, right? That life is on me in a way, right? Like I, I might, I might not be liable for that, but man, I don't want to ever like, there's things you can't, there's things you can't stop from happening. I get that, but I'm going to minimize the risk any way I can. Any way I can. Um, and I think that, you know, you know, even the small business thing, like I understand, I understand that we want to support small businesses and people are even making a show of being out at restaurants right now and supporting small businesses. But are we really supporting them? You know, uh, is is the wait staff, you know, do they really, you know, I don't know. Do they really want to be there or do they feel like they have to be there? Would, would it be easier if the decision was made for them that they just should stay home and take advantage of this this two weeks that they they're supposedly supposed to get for sick leave? Um, you know, I, I feel like no matter where we are, and we're all going to have financial hardships through this, uh, some of us more than others. You know, I think that that financial hardship um, is something we can grow through, uh, something that we have to survive through. But um, if it keeps the entire society rolling, um, that might be something we have to deal with. Um, and I know for myself, if I were a bartender or if I were somebody working a shift where, you know, if I don't show up, my, my I'm, I could be fired. Um, you know, I'm going to show up, you know, but God, I don't want to be there. And I would be scared to death. You know, everybody that walks in there is a potential carrier and we're touching things. And, and I mean, you can try to be clean, but nobody knows exactly how robust this is. And if somebody's walking in and they're touching everything, how do you know you're not missing that one thing that you, you know, that, that they touched that you didn't clean or failed to clean or failed to realize? And we all have these moments where we touch our faces and things. It's just scary. So I think, you know, I think we need to be, we need to be extra cautious. And I think businesses you know, should be doing what they can do to mitigate it. And that might mean shutting down. So, you know, whatever you have to do. Um, the other thing I've seen is like the shaming of the people that are preparing, right? That are staying home and not going out, that are putting out, you know, the word about, you know, staying home and trying to tell other people to stay home. And then everybody, there's these people, there's, you know, even celebrities that are saying, you guys are being babies, blah, blah, blah. Like, there, there's no reason like number one you can't shame i mean you should we shouldn't be shaming people for doing what medical experts are saying to do stay home don't go out right stay away from people we shouldn't be shaming those people and you know and it's funny because the situation as it may play out and i hope it doesn't but it may play out where those people that are doing the shaming in a couple of weeks or a couple of months are going to be dealing with this sickness and it may be much worse than they expect. And the people that are being shamed, the empathetic crowd is not going to say, see, I told you so, told you so. What they're going to say is that's awful. How can I help? Right? So these people, the people that are, that are, that are critical and shaming and judgmental and, 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 and entitled in the way they behave, 
they never experience, they never understand the consequence of that. And when something happens, they're not going to say, man, I really screwed up, at least not most of the time, right? Even that basketball player actually did. He was touching all the microphones. And then he says, yeah, oh, you know what? That was stupid of me. I have it now. Now I'm stupid. Not be- I didn't have it because of that, but I have it. And I was acting like a, a, a jerk, right? And that's not a quote, but that's that's kind of where his, his tweet went. But that's the thing is you have people out there going, hey, it's not going to hurt me. Not going to hurt me. And then, you know... Here we go, right? And nobody's gonna, nobody has a scorecard, and nobody's saying, you know, this, you know, look, look here, you were out here, you were out here, you were out here, you were out here. Look at all the things you did. You, you brought this on yourself. Nobody's saying that. But it's, you know, the, the fact of the matter is, that's probably what's going to happen, or at least there's an increased risk that that's going to happen. But nobody at the end of this is going to hold a scorecard up to them and say, look what you did. It's not going to happen. But that, I think that's why these these things perpetuate. You know, that's why like we don't learn because the good people aren't holding score scorecards. It's the judgmental people, the the entitled people that hold the scorecards, right? The you know the the one thing that I hesitate to bring up because I'm I'm going to try to not I'm going to try to walk this line that I don't make it so political. But the one thing that I I saw you know when whatever your whatever you're feeling about. Um, immigration from Mexico uh, and how that, like how we handled it, uh, separating parents from from kids and keeping kids in these uh, isolated uh, cells, right? Um, regardless of how you feel about that situation as a whole, the one the one place that I feel like we clearly crossed the line was keeping kids away from their families, away from their parents, and the blame shifting that happened. And I had this conversation with a lot of my friends who said, well, if you cared that much about your kids, you wouldn't have brought them in the first place. And you may feel that they shouldn't be coming into this country. Got it. Don't have to talk about it. But the one thing is that that understanding, taking a moment to understand that they're running from something. They're trying to protect their families. The people that I had these same conversations with, like, like take a moment to understand where they're coming from. You don't have to like that they're coming. You don't have to agree with the fact that they're coming or that we're letting them in or not letting them in. Like that whole conversation, it's it's that one component of it. Like take a moment to understand why they feel the need to even take that risk. And so now we look at the people running the grocery stores, loading up on toilet paper and hand sanitizer and all this other stuff, right? The same people that had zero empathy for those kids being pulled from their families are now running out and grabbing anything they can for themselves, right? And that, to me, like that's 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 like that that example of, you know, when it's when it's happening to you, it's all justifiable. Any of your actions are justifiable, but when it's happening to somebody else, we can throw judgment at them, right? We can say, "Well, I would never do that." We say that until we're in that situation, and I look. I'm not one like I stocked up over the period over a period of time for the past couple of weeks because I saw this coming. Right. I understood that even if we weren't all going to get sick, we were going to have a run on the stores. So I stocked up early. And I while I might think some of this is nonsensical, I understand people want to feel secure. We need to help people feel more secure about the situation. 
government needs to handle this in a way that makes people feel secure. Give people answers, give people direction. When that happens, people will feel more secure. We need to go to the root of the problem and not just shame people for running to the store and loading up on 12 bottles of Coke, which believe me, I laugh about. Because of all the things you could be spending your money on, money that may be limited going forward for a little while anyway, and people are buying 12 bottles of Coke. What? But I get it. I get it. Like, you know, this guy might not be able to get his Coke again for a while. I get it. I get it. But we need to understand. We need to take that time to understand. Democrat or Republican, whatever side you fall on, take the time to understand why some people might be experiencing this different than others. They might be scared to death because they have an underlying health issue. They might be scared to death because they have an old, elderly, frail parent at home with them. Maybe they have a kid with asthma. You never know what somebody is going through. We don't know what their financial situation is. If they don't have a job for the next month, what is going to happen to them financially? There's a lot that's going to have to shake out from this for months, if not years. So it's not the time to be posting memes about, oh, nobody got upset when this happened with Obama. Number one, it's factually false. But number two, now is not the time. Now is not the time. Now is the time to be considerate of each other. Now is the time to protect each other. All right, I'm going to go into the comments because I heard a couple things going on. Um, Brenda says, I can't read it because it's longer than what I see here. Well, let me see if I can go in here. Brenda started by saying, as a nurse, I can tell you this is very scary. Yes. Uh, the hospitals are already pushed with other winter illnesses. There are so many viruses out there and they aren't selective of age, gender, or political affiliations. Did I mention I'm 62 and have never in the past been concerned? I can't see any more uh, based on the screen that I'm looking at, but I will try to look further here. Um, Aunt Joanne, hi. Great point, Nicholas. Our need to be responsible so as to protect our medical personnel. So true. I've never been afraid for myself, but I'm going there. Says This is Brenda, a nurse. I've never been afraid for myself, but I'm getting there. I still love my profession and will hang in there. Thank you, Brenda. And Brenda, you know, I, I've seen the same thing from doctors and nurses that, that, that I've, I'm friends with, mainly on Facebook, right? Uh, they're just asking for consideration for themselves, which, which I'm sure you want for yourself, right? Like you're going to have to deal with this. It just shouldn't have to be a nightmare. I mean, it's going to be a nightmare either way, I think, but it shouldn't have to be off like to the level that it's going to be, or it may be. Um, Kathy says, Pamela, you are welcome. Our daughter is a manager of a family clinic at UNMC, and she is on many committees dealing with this on a daily basis and working her butt off to help others. Good. Um, Kimberly, thank you for being on the front lines to Brenda. Uh, love our nurses. Hi from Iowa. No church today. That's actually one. So, Anne, that's one that I saw also. Um, a lot of people were going to church today. Uh, in Pittsburgh, our diocese, they, they've shut down the churches, the Catholic diocese. I don't know what other people are doing, but church, they're saying, is one of the worst places you could go. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't think I would be going to church Um 
nobody knows. Antoine says uh, nobody knows how long this was going on before we were even aware of it, and that's that's the scary part. How many people are carrying it around? Somebody seemingly healthy, they're saying they can still be infecting people. That's that's scary. Kimberly, you're welcome. I'm going to put this up here because I appreciate I appreciate you. Thank you. Um, Sixty years old with asthma. I, yeah, I, I feel you. I feel you. That's a scary situation. Smokers should be scared. I, I would think. I mean, based on the what's going on in China, um, and you know, and I think that we just just stay home, stay healthy. You know, if you have other people in your house, um, you know, if they're leaving. Impress upon them how important it is to you that you need to be healthy. Um, you know, we are like we went to go pick up my car yesterday at the dealership. My wife and kids stayed in the car, and I, you know, I was the one that went in, grabbed the keys, and came back out and got in the car. And uh, that was it. And I mean, even now, like I don't think there's much to worry about in Pittsburgh because they're saying there's no community spread yet. But even practicing it now, I mean, just just to make sure. Like, and I even had a a sanitizing cloth and wipe down the inside of the car, everything I touched, you know, it's just practice it now. And then we don't make mistakes going forward. Right. So build that, build that mindfulness of it now. But I, I worry about my sister. My sister's 21 tomorrow. And, uh, you know, she's probably not going to go back to my, my parents' house because, you know, she doesn't want to get my dad sick, especially, you know, her, both of her parents, but she doesn't want to get my dad sick because he's older. Um, I don't know who this was because I can't see the name, but it says love you. <laughs> Whoever you are, love you too. Um, Pamela, isn't one of the ingredients uh, the Coke products from China? It might be. But you know what I've seen? And this makes me feel good about even continuing to ship out our product is that um, worst case scenarios, they're looking at like a day or two, it stays on surfaces. So what we've been doing is as products come into our place, we Lysol everything, although we're not getting anything else in here now. Um, we Lysol everything. Um, but, you know, in the time it sits in storage, um, it's all dead at that point. But I would say because a lot of people are resorted to purchasing from Amazon, Target, home delivery, all this stuff. Um if, if you're really concerned about it, I would spray the box with Lysol. And even when you open the box, maybe spray inside of it. You know, I mean, that, that, you know, some people might see that as going overboard. But, you know, if, you, if you're worried about it, if you're concerned about it, because I, I got to imagine a distribution center like an Amazon distribution center, if it's still running, um, you know, could be a major place where things, you know, crossing paths would uh would would take on something so i don't think it's a matter of where it's from if it's from china now i think it's just a matter of uh you know where you know when where it's here and and who's the last the one to touch it was uh so you know i know ups is taking steps uh, i looked it up on their site they're taking steps to sterilize and and uh do what they have to do but uh i would i would definitely uh you know if you if you feel compelled uh sterilize uh the stuff coming into your house yeah, Kathy, your church is also closed also. Uh, yeah, Jan wants hand sanitizer and wipes. You know, and I saw this and they were talking about it uh, on uh, the news yesterday. In fact, it was that uh, that uh, the main doctor, the one that everybody references. I can't remember his name off the top of my head. Um, Fauci, Anthony Fauci, right? He was, you know, every time somebody asks that question, he says, look, hand sanitizer is great. But do what we're telling you to do and just wash your hands. That's the thing. Just wash your hands. And if you do that, there's no need for hand sanitizer. The only thing I see is with hand sanitizer, if you're in the car, 
Like as soon as I come back in from the, or in the car from the grocery store, I want to sanitize my hands. That's where I want the hand sanitizer. But in our house, we just wash our hands. Um, yeah, you read about the guy that had, you know, here, this one, I'm going to put this up here, Jan, the guy that had 17,000 bottles of hand sanitizer, they were trying to cash in on this and put them all on eBay and Amazon. And then they got shut down from Amazon. Um, so now he's stuck with 17,000 hand sanitizers. Crazy. Absolutely crazy. Meanwhile, there was a company that has like, they make their own hand sanitizer and uh, I, I read this in, in one of the newspapers because they tried to get involved and help him out. Uh, this guy, maybe it was a woman. I can't remember who owned this, this place, but they, they sell hand sanitizer and they were doing okay. But then when other hand sanitizers started running out, they started selling a lot more and they started making a ton of money. I don't believe they made no mention of them price gouging, but Amazon shut them down. And they were trying to get back up and running, and they kept being told they would be, and they weren't. Uh, and then this newspaper got involved, this this whoever wrote the article, and Amazon immediately got them back on, but within a couple of hours, shut them down again. So there's a lot of confusion going on there. Um, and I wish I knew the name of the company, but I wasn't prepared to talk about it. But yeah. Um, uh, Pamela says, I believe the article was more from not getting the ingredient as in opposed to getting sick from it. Uh, oh, not being able to get the ingredient. Oh, because, yeah, right. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. Um, yeah, and I think we're going to find that in a few places. I mean, Apple's not going to be able to they, – they haven't manufactured their products in a while. So there's going to be a shortage in Apple products and probably a lot of other things. I know that masks were a big issue, but I think Jack Ma, it, you know, he – donated, you know, a million masks or something like that. And I mean, I think they're back up to speed working on it now, uh, which is going to be great for China uh, and good for us to get the products, but financially not great. Um, but it brings up this whole story now about being re so reliant on China, even for pharmaceuticals. Pharmaceuticals, I mean, China has complete control over that uh, or like not complete control, but they make 50 to 70% of the pharmaceuticals in this country. So, you know, that's going to be an issue also. And it and maybe you know, moving forward after this, we start to realize that we can't be so reliant, but you know, that that's right now we're in the situation we're in. So we can't really make a whole lot of decisions other than the ones that need to happen now. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So, uh, the one, the, the thing, you know, I try to relate how, what we're doing now and, uh, how it relates to define my day. Like how, you know, I'm trying to figure out where, our voice is in this whole thing. Um, you know, I, I love talking to you guys. I appreciate all the feedback and input and support you guys are giving each other. It's, it's amazing. Um, uh, and I'm trying to figure out, you know, I know define my day is valuable and I know that people that get on the process, uh, are using it, uh, to, and especially in this time using it very effectively. Uh, so we're trying to figure out the best way to get it out to people without it seeming like, I mean, you know, we're running a business, you know, we still need to make money to survive. Um, but trying to get the process out to people, um, in a way that doesn't look like we're profiteering in the same way that this guy's trying to profiteer on, um, uh, sanitizer, but also so that we can uh, obviously survive. So we're trying to work on that, trying to figure out the best way to put that out there. Um, but you know, in, as I'm thinking about all of this, it's always in the back of my mind. Um, one of the, the, the articles, and actually it was a, uh, 
a video on on CNN that I'll post here in a little bit from Gail Saltz. Uh, she is a, I believe, a psychologist, and uh, she was talking about how people can manage their mental health through this crisis. And um, you know, one of the major points that she made was that you should stick to a routine. Um, and the way, you know, and the point of that is to control what you can, um, because, you know, your mental health has a major influence on your immune system. The healthier you are, the lower your cortisol levels, um, the less stressed your system is, the better your immune system operates. So, you know, she gave tips on how to make sure that you are in the best shape possible while in this you know, sort of self-isolation that we're doing. So I wanted to go through this list uh, because a lot of it rings true to what we're trying to do with Define My Day, right? A lot of it is part of the Define My Day process. So her major thing is control what you can, right? The big thing being your routine. Control what you can because a lot of, a lot of things now you feel out of control. There's a lot going on in the world right now where we – you know, you might feel victimized, you might feel anxious, incredibly stressed, and, you know, you want to do what you can, you, you know, your circle, you know, we've brought ourselves, you know, it's all in now, right? Like, so right now, I can only control what's in my house, and the people that I speak with online or on the phone, that's about it. Like, so what I what I could have done for myself as far as growing my business and, and getting out and doing things... Now it's all, it's all like within these walls in this house. So, but I can control what's going on in here. And these are the main things that she talks about. Number one is uh, washing and distancing. So wash your hands and distance yourself from people outside of your house. You know, generally within a couple of weeks here, you're going to find out that everybody in your house, as long as they're not going out, everybody in your house is safe, Right. We don't have anything. And the only thing you have to worry about is anything coming into the house or if you go out. And at that point, you have to control how close you are to other people. Um, the other thing, the big component is structure and routine. So you want to create a schedule for yourself. Try to keep the same wake time that you've always had. So if you wake up normally at seven in the morning, you still continue to wake up at seven in the morning. And that's probably the easiest thing to let go first, right? I don't have to go to work. I don't have to do anything today. I am where I am. I'm only at home. So I can wake up whenever I need to wake up. And she's saying, keep yourself on a regular schedule. Wake up at the same time every day. Structure your day. So the same wake time. If you're, you have kids, give them schoolwork uh, for yourself. Uh, have learning time scheduled. Have scheduled work time if you're if you're going to be able to work from home. Sit down at a certain time. Clock in, clock out. Keep up a regular routine for work. Also, she says exercise for thirty minutes every day. So you do thirty minutes of cardio. You don't even need to do it all at once. You can do it for ten minutes. You can walk up and down the stairs. You can sign up for a, an online program where they stream workouts to you. You can do your own thing. You can even get outside and walk as long as you're not walking in a crowd, right? You can walk up and down your street, at least until they make that illegal. Um, but exercise for thirty minutes every day. Get your blood flowing, and and part of that is look staying in shape, right? 
and, and making sure you're healthy. Uh, but the other thing is, is that it reduces your cortisol levels. You can bring down those cortisol levels through exercising and keep your body just a little bit more under control. Uh, she mentions mindfulness throughout the day. So we talk about, you know, we do, I do 20 minutes of meditation. It's one of my disciplines every day on, in my define my day. I do 20 minutes every morning. And I got to tell you, number one, I didn't do it for the past two days. It was just like, I fell off. I woke up and I was like out the door at the store first thing in the morning on Friday or at, uh, the, yeah, the store on Friday. And then, uh, I was at the dealership first thing in the morning on Saturday, kind of disrupted my routine. Right. But I tried this morning and my mind was all over the place. So it's clear that this distraction that I have, this, you know, all of these outside influences that I'm taking in is it's negatively impacting my ability to focus on what I'm trying to focus on. So I'm going to have to keep trying to practice that and keep that's a, that to me is a sign of, of something that I need to focus more on. I need to work more on my mindfulness. Uh, so that's, that's going to be a big thing for me. And she says, you know, try to be mindful moments throughout the day. And she has a good point because I might do it first thing in the morning and then out throughout the day is incredibly hard. So if I try to do it at a regular time throughout the day, say three or four times for shorter periods, it will disengage me from whatever I'm doing. And then I'll be able to focus in on the one, you know, like that, 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 that five minute session or 10 minute session of mindfulness. And what she says is, is that's going to, that's going to peel you away from everything get your mind in the right place and then you can attack the day or whatever you have coming on, uh, you know, coming at you or what you have to accomplish later on. And it kind of just resets you, recenters you. So I'm going to try to be doing that. I'll still do my 20 minute meditation in the morning. And then I'm just going to do like a two minute or a five minute and just feel it out and feel how it goes a few times through the day. And probably what I'll do is I'll set a reminder on my phone, an alarm on my phone, and that alarm will go off at a random time or whatever time I set. And then I'll, I'll do that, step away from whatever I'm doing, do that, and then get back on with my day. Uh, the other thing she said, and, and it, look, we talk in Define My Day about avoiding distractions. And she is saying to distract yourself. So set a time for TV or something else. And look, I, we're going to have a lot of free time on our hands. So I'm going to play some video games with my kids. I'm going to watch some TV. We have a stack of movies that in our move to our new house that hoping, hopefully happens. Um, you know, we have 20 or 30 movies that we have. We might just try to watch a movie a night. You know, all these movies that we've either never watched or that are so old, we just want to watch one more time before we throw it away. Right. Uh, we've never we haven't we never even look at the shelf of DVDs we have. So we're just going to go through them and throw them away and not have to move them. So that's our kind of our goal. Uh, but she says to distract yourself, peel away from the news, peel away from the worry, peel away from all of the drama and just distract yourself with something enjoyable, which I think is perfectly fine at this moment in time. Right. Um, our, our ability, if you're one of the people that hustles, our ability to hustle right now is greatly diminished. So we can do what we can. But sometimes we just need to inc like check out. So you'll never hear me say it. You'll never hear me say watch more TV. Now is the time when I'm saying, go ahead, give yourself a break, watch more TV. I am. Uh, she also says in regard to phones, stop the alerts. Stop the news alerts. Stop the jolting away from whatever you're doing. Because a lot of this stuff, and you've heard me say this before, 
a lot of this stuff we cannot control. We can control when we get the information. So whatever President Trump is doing, whatever Anthony Fauci is doing, whatever the Republicans are doing, whatever the Democrats are doing, whoever got infected, whoever died, a lot of that stuff doesn't matter to us immediately. I'm not saying don't check in on that stuff. Check in on it at segmented times. Just don't create an uh, an unlimited feed of that information into your into your mind, because every time you do that, you're stressing yourself out. You're increasing your cortisol levels. Your body is getting anxious. Your mind is getting anxious. You're just you're stressing yourself out, and you're making yourself less healthy. So. Create times when you get this information. Just don't create a continuous feed of it. So turn off your alerts on your phone or anyplace else and don't continuously have the news on in the background. I've been guilty of that for the past couple of days, right? The news has been on very often for me. But now now that I've, I've felt overloaded by it last night. So last night we turned it off and I really haven't watched too much of it today at all because there's like the things have happened that I was waiting for it to happen. I was waiting for schools to close. I was waiting for the national emergency to happen. I was waiting for some of these things to happen. Now that they have, I can slow things down a little bit. I'm overloaded. I'm overwhelmed by it. I can slow it down and get back to work. I shouldn't keep force feeding myself this stuff. And then finally, the last thing she says is to continue to be social, even try to be, try harder to be social. Call your loved ones, look at them, like set up a Zoom or a Skype call or a FaceTime call, whatever you have, whatever resources you have, and like actually look at somebody in the eye. We all get in this habit of talking on the phone and maybe we put our earbuds in and we're, or we're cooking and we're sort of half listening to the conversation. Actually, Look at somebody in the eye through whatever means necessary and have a conversation. It could be five minutes every day. It could be 20 minutes. It could be two hours, whatever is appropriate for you. Maybe you can even do a group FaceTime. My kids have been doing that. They do group FaceTimes where they're all on the phone and they're all talking to each other on the phone. But doing that, we are, you know, we're social animals, right? That's why a lot of people are still going out right now because they want to be in a social setting because it brings down that anxiety. But that's not healthy right now. So be social, but be social social in a virtual way. A lot of people are, you know, there's a lot of conversations going on on Facebook. That's okay, but it's not as good as having a real conversation. So do both. You know, talk to people on Facebook, commiserate, you know, get into people's comments and start, you know, putting out some some good conversation. But, um, you know, also make sure you're getting that face-to-face contact. Uh, but that was the extent of her uh, her conversation on CNN. Um, I, I will post I will post that video uh, in the comments here, and I'll post it on my page too, so you guys can see it. Uh, but yeah, you gotta um, you gotta take care of yourself. And this the process, the define my day process that we talk about, is ever more important now. We need to be more disciplined with our time now because now is the time we're going to be tempted to let things slide. Our mindset, our health, our habits. Uh, now is the time to double down on that stuff. We need to keep ourselves healthy so that we can be in a better place to assess the situation, to react as we need to, to take advantage of positive situations as they arise. Um, so stick to it. I know a lot of you in this group are using it. You're using it every day, and I've even seen people's comments saying that they wish they would have used themselves. They would have used it more for themselves in the past couple of months because it would have put them in a better position now. And I get that. 
And we felt the same way. We've had those conversations in my house too. Like if we would have done this, we would have been in a better position now. I get that, but we can't harp on that. We can't say, well, I wish I would have. I wish I would have. All that we can do is look at where we are now and make the best decisions now. And part of that is being mindful, being healthy, being intentional with where we put our time. And at the end of the day, journaling everything that we're going through and really digging into for five minutes, digging into our current mindset and how we can improve tomorrow. The world has changed. The world has flipped over right now. And we just need to do what we can for ourselves and the people around us. Be healthy for yourself. Be healthy healthy for the people around you. Make good, well-informed, intentional decisions. And we will be fine. We can all get through this. Just be smart about it. Be intentional. Be healthy. Uh, I'm going to check out the comments here. If anybody else has a question or a comment, please drop it in. I'm listening to you. Um, yeah, Kathy. Um, morning mindset. Morning mindset can make the difference in your own outlook for the day and week. Absolutely. Um, and then you also say spend extra time on personal development or those projects you have been putting off. Now is the perfect time to use your time to do those tasks. This is this is a big point for me. I have a stack of books, actually not back here. These are the ones I've read. I have a stack of books downstairs that I just ordered in a month ago from Amazon because I kept seeing things pop up and I didn't want to forget to buy them. So I bought a bunch of books and I'm just going to schedule time to sit down and read them. I have online courses that I signed up for that I've not taken yet or not completed yet. I'm going to be going through those. So as we expect to see a slowdown here from, from a work perspective, I'm going to double down on my own education. I am also doubling down on how much I communicate with you guys. I'm going to be doing more and more communication with you because I want to help you in any way that I can. And I feel like this is the best way that I can. I'm not a medical uh, expert. I am not a epidemiologist. I am not, you know, like I'm not all these areas where somebody else has the ability to help. What I can do is talk you guys through this and help you come up with new ways to stay healthy for yourself. And that's my goal. If you guys can help me out in any way, if you have questions, please let me know and I will be here to do this with you. So please, I'm on, I'm with you. Help me out and let me know how better I can do that for you. Uh, Kimberly says, I agree with the mindset. I'm having difficulty with that as well. Taking a break to read Atomic Habits has helped. That's a great book. And that, and, and that's the thing is that like, so we have a lot going against us right now, right? We have a lot of things that are going to weigh on us and a lot of things we can't control. And you have to sort of let it go. We're in the situation we're in and we just need to move forward. Uh, move forward is something I put in my daily theme almost all of the time. And right now it's move forward, regardless of the circumstances, regardless of what's pushing us back, regardless of how, <clears throat> regardless of how hard it looks, we need to keep moving forward. Um, Lori, you love our times together. I do too. I do too. I appreciate you guys. Um, I will, I think, you know, the, 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 what I'll try to do is maybe do it more on a set schedule. Now that there's not a whole lot going on outside the house, I'll try to do it more on a set schedule, whether we do it like 9am Eastern or 10am Eastern. Um, and maybe I'll even try to drop in on the afternoon too and, and, and update everybody. 
but I'm going to try to do more uh, articles online. I'm going to upload all of this stuff to YouTube. It's also going on to the podcast. So if you want to listen, uh, it's going on to the Defining Life podcast. So you guys will have the opportunity to have this, you know, if you can't listen to it live, you know, it will be available for you in other places also. So I'm going to continue to try to do this with you. And, um, you know, as the situation progresses, I'm sure we'll have plenty to talk about. All right, but I'm going to get going. I have to eat my lunch and uh, I think I'm going to go play some video games with my kids. So I'm going to get going. But I appreciate all of you. I appreciate everybody that was in here, uh, you know, giving your feedback and insight. If you are a medical personnel, a teacher, somebody that's out there doing everything they can, uh, I appreciate you and you are in my prayer.